Hey guys, welcome back to Two Girls in a Pod. We are your hosts, Hannah and Ori, bringing you real conversations about things that matter. And today, we will be discussing all things finances because, you know, this year, we're trying to get our money right and it's March, so tax season has <laughs> come upon us. And we have our good friend Deji with us today, who is an economics pro. We're so excited to have you, Deji. And honestly, I'm feeling like this episode will be like, you know, a learning experience for me and I hope for our listeners. But that being said, Deji, introduce yourself, you know, give us an elevator pitch of who you are and <laughs> let's get right into it. <laughs> uh, firstly, I would say thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Deji. Um, I am a Christian, most importantly, and uh, I believe something that I hold dear to me. Mm-hmm. I'm also Nigerian. But um, I'm fortunate enough to <laughs> be in Canada right now. And as Hannah mentioned, I have a background in economics and I currently have branched out into the world of finance. Yes. I really, really enjoy finance, uh, corporate finance. But right now, my passion is personal finance. Mm-hmm. And over the next minutes or hours that we are in this conversation, I would love to discuss that with you guys. We're excited. Awesome. <laughs> so we have um, a little icebreaker, rapid fire style. Ooh. So just going to have to answer as quickly as you can. Um, okay. we'll, we'll start off easy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, summer or winter? Summer. Okay. Shawarma or burrito? Burrito. Easily. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So burrito has everything, you know, oh. proteins, carbs. Sharma has everything to proteins, carbs, lettuce, <laughs> lettuce, <I guess. laughs> pickles. Or yeah, like a burrito is tastier, you know. You can oh, customize it, put corn, oh. and put different things. You know, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, forks or crypto? Oof. <laughs> uh, I would say crypto, just because there's more opportunities to make wealth. Okay. All right. Uh, ETFs or bonds? <laughs> uh, ETFs, definitely. ETFs, ETFs. Sorry, for sure. sorry for butting in. You know what's funny? I feel like there are some people that are listening and they're like, I don't even know what any of those mean. I'm one yeah. of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, uh, ETFs are exchange traded funds. It's kind of like a basket of stocks or any, to be honest, any um, security. So the way it works is, you have 500 or 1,000 or however many stocks put it like in one basket. That way you are able to diversify your risk and be able to maximize like your returns. Fine, it's very efficient. <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And bonds are just fixed income debt mm. pretty much. Mm. Yes. All right. Well, the next one is stocks or real estate. Oh, man. Um, okay. This is quick fire, so stocks. Okay, okay. Man, this, this is quick fire. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's hard. <laughs> uh, this next one, um, courtesy of Patrovis, um, um, but BlackRock or Vanguard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vanguard, Vanguard. Oh, okay. oh yeah, but shout out me. BlackRock though. Yeah, shout out BlackRock or Vanguard just because of the fees. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He was. He thought that you were gonna say BlackRock, but yes, I know. Well, Vanguard just for the fees. Yeah. I see. All right. Well, last one: goat suya or beef suya? Goat. It has to be goat. Goat, goat. all the time. Goat, all goat, the goat, time. Goat. The goat has to be 
well made, but yeah, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> what is BlackRock? What is that? Is that like an app? BlackRock is one of the biggest asset management companies in uh, in the whole world, actually. Oh wow. Yeah. Never so yeah, they create ETFs amongst different things. To be honest, to just simplify the pretty much manage assets so pension funds and different other institutions yeah wow okay okay well did you thank you so much for you know participating in our so <laughs> icebreaker but yeah, my pleasure question that we always ask our guests what is your favorite book and why either like favorite of all time or current fave whatever is up to right. like whatever you want yeah you know i this may be a bit contrarian but i am not an avid reader mm-hmm. i do not necessarily enjoy reading just because i find it hard to just stay still and just read uh yeah. but um i've definitely had different books that have you know helped shape me and shape like my thinking uh right now i would say the psychology of money is a good read mm. yeah it helps you you know change your idea or your perspective on on how you envision money and i'd love to share you know some of those things later on in this episode but um right. yeah so that is good uh okay. also there's a book called utopia for realists it's also a good book uh you, you may notice that uh the books i'm recommending have a bias or they're leaning towards economics or finance uh, fortunately that's all <laughs> that i read <laughs> that's all yeah but i'm more of a podcast or articles i'm subscribed to the economist like for instance so i just try to stay up to date to like the information because i find that the world is changing mm-hmm. and it's changing quickly so books are can get still quickly like the information can get still quickly so more podcasts That's or true. more articles is where i find to get like my information mm. That's that makes sense that makes sense but like who who is the author of like the books that you wrote oh sorry not the, that you wrote <laughs> yeah so the psychology <laughs> of money uh just a second like i have the book just right in front of me here okay uh it's written by morgan Housel. i okay. hope i pronounced his name correctly and then for the utopia for realists is by rutger bergman i hope i said his name correctly as well <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Morgan and the other day, in case you're listening, <laughs> yeah. you're not. Yeah, Rutger, yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. That's very interesting. I also used to, like, not really like books either. Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope that changes for me, but uh, I don't think so. But I've tried, <laughs> I've tried so much. I've really tried so much, but yeah. I think so. I, I feel that, though, because for me, it's hard to, like, sit down and feel like, I'm really captivated by the book because, yeah. you know, like I, I have this coworker who was saying like, oh, I stay up to like 5 a.m. to read because it's just so like, captivating. Like, well, no. Basically, yeah, basically <laughs> she was explaining it the way that you would watch Netflix. You watch an episode and there's like yeah. a cliffhanger, so you got to keep <laughs> Yeah, reading. keep going. But like, I have almost never felt that way about yeah. books. Same. <laughs> So, same and i also so find me... that uh or sorry yeah if you don't okay. mind no, yeah so I, yeah, I also find out with uh books my mind tends to wander so when mm. my mind wanders i lose focus on what, what i'm reading and i just get distracted so i just drop the books because yeah it doesn't just happen for me right <laughs> but you know what i think i think like with books you just need to find the right genre, genre for you because for me i used to read like um you know christian books i that's what i focus on more yeah. but then i realized that oh, i'm kind of getting tired of that and now i switched to <laughs> romance 
Okay. I'm, I'm telling you, I literally read like five chapters in one day because I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I want to know what's going on between January and Augustus. <laughs> so I can understand Hannah's co-worker being like, yeah. you know, I'm so captivated because romance books actually like captivate you. You're like, I need to know what's next. I need to know how their relationship right. develops. I need to know everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Different strokes, I guess. <laughs> so much for listening to this episode so we're starting a new segment called question of the week each episode we'll be asking a question and whenever you're listening to it we'd love it if you would answer the question by sending us a message on instagram or facebook it doesn't matter if it is uh, not the same week that the episode was aired you can still always send us a message so this week's question is relating to our topic and it is around budgeting do you find it hard to stick to budget and if so why and if not why personally for me i find it a bit hard to stick to a budget because my expenses are always changing and i'm always revising it so we'd love to know what your experience is thanks for listening and now let's get back to the episode Well, thanks so much for participating in those questions, Deji. Um, Today, uh, we're talking about finances and financial literacy. I think that this is a topic that a lot of people do not have the right tools or education about. I think that it's one thing to be investing in crypto and Forex, which is kind of a little bit trendy right now. Um, And I know people specifically who (laughs) invest in Forex and crypto, but they don't know a single thing about what it means to be like financially literate um, or anything about budgeting, nothing like that. And growing up for me, uh, no one taught me about those things. It was never discussed in my family or in school about, you know, how to steward your resources, just the basics of, you know, managing um, your finances. And I had to learn this as I grew older and through life lessons. So uh, the first question um, that I have for you is, like, why do you think it's important for people to be educated in this area? And like, what's your story when it comes to to learning financial literacy? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so I'll answer that in a two part fold. Uh, I'll just kind of go interchangeably. My story and my story is still being told, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. But my I'm very grateful for the influence my father had and still has on me. He as well, just like I am studied economics in school and is currently a financial guru. So all things finance, corporate finance, uh, risk management, and just different sorts of structural finance he does. So I'm, I guess I'm following his footsteps right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was younger, you know, different principles and different economic uh, concepts like opportunity cost, um, having a scale of preference, you know, he tried to imbibe that in each and every one of my siblings and I. And I find that, you know, as time has went on, you know, I've tried to put this into practice, you know, also like journey wise as well. So I've also tried to learn some more 
um, I studied economics in school, you know, economics pretty much is just rational thinking. And I find that with rational thinking, you're able to think outside of the box and make well-informed decisions. Hmm. And uh, with financial literacy, I am motivated to change the way we see finance or our approach to finance, just because I believe when we have a shift in our mindset, we're able to make better informed decisions. One mm. of the biggest barriers I would say I see right now is the fact that there is information asymmetry. So essentially, you know, what I mean by that is that there is enough information out there. Yes, you can do like a quick search on, on Google. You can find more information, but there's this information and there's also information that is not necessary for you because finance, uh, your financial journey is very subjective. You know, it's very personal, it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. I love this very simple like analogy that I have. Two people can earn the same um, gross salary. So let's say two people earn $60,000 Mm-hmm. But the net pay will not be the same. You know, mm-hmm. take for instance, you may have, you know, deductions from your company. Uh, you can have, you know, RSP contributions, for instance. So RSP stands for Retired Re- Registered Retirement Savings Plan, uh, for those who do not know. So you could mm-hmm. have an RSP deduction. You mm-hmm. could have health benefits. You could have different deductions. So it's very unique uh, that, that you find. It's not necessarily the same for each person. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may be in different walks in life, you know, for my students, for my fellow college students, uh, it's okay to feel like, you know, you're broke right now, but, you know, and yeah. not necessarily be anxious about what you may find yourself like financially right now, because, you know, things are going to get better. And for people who are dealing with like crippling debt, you know, it's also, there's also information that's specific for you. So it's just like a, a matter of streamlining the type of information that you get and applying it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. so it's a journey for sure <laughs> yeah I uh, can attest to that because I've been on my own journeys and especially um dating Patrovis has <laughs> helped my financial literacy <laughs> right yeah he knows yeah. so much and he's been able to teach me like certain things that I I wouldn't have have known so yeah he's a Definitely. good one for sure he he's sure to ask questions wow Patrovis loves questions <laughs> well I'm just wondering like where's my own Patrovis that will teach me. <laughs> soon yeah, come, soon I'm, come. I'm excited for this episode. Very excited. I need to learn a lot about finances. But yeah, that was good. good. That was a good, like, you know, summary of your background and, you know, about rational thinking. You know what you said? You said rational with rational thinking, you're able to think outside the box. And I'm trying to process that. I'm like, with rational thinking, you're able to think outside the box. How, yeah. though? Yes. So with rational thinking, so when you're logical and when you and when you have your th- thought process laid out, you're able mm-hmm. to think outside of the box to be able to maximize or optimize the resources that you have. This kind of ties into you know what we discuss on this episode right, for like budgeting and stewardship. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for instance, budgeting is a tool for you to rationalize like where you stand. Budget, in definition, just to simplify it as a quantitative way to track your goals mm. so it's putting numbers to what you have like you like what you have in mind as your goal or what, or what you want to achieve uh so take for instance if i want to buy a house i'm going to make a budget on how much i want to save or how much i want to pay towards the cost on a monthly basis or mm-hmm. how much i want to pay as a down payment you know it's a budget so it's a way to put numbers towards your goal when you mm-hmm. go to a doctor or where you go to like a professional 
like for instance, they're going to ask you questions that are pertinent to your health, to your like your mental health or your physical health. The same with your financial health as well. Too. Advisors. Um, so I I have a background being a financial advisor with a Canadian financial institution where I specialize uh, with uh, managing people's credit and also helping them with like a telemate investment strategies. So I find different people from different walks of life, uh, you know, different financial uh, conditions that they find themselves in. And uh, one thing that stands, uh, one thing I find that is like a bottom line or something that's a similarity is the fact that everyone needs to budget. And if mm. you have a budget that you're working on, like, you know, like the factor that ties into everything there is the fact that it's been, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's more of a habitual process. So that's the rationality, you know, like you're like it's the habit, it's more psychological. You're like mm. it's the mind. Because once you conquered like that mind, if I find that putting it into practice is easier. It's not easy, but it's easier. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. But we're gonna be talking about budgeting later on. But right. let's talk about like, you know, being a good steward of like our resources, finances, talents, skills. What how do you define being a good steward and like what are the steps that we as individuals can take to build that habit of becoming someone who is good at like managing our resources or, you know, stewarding what God has given us? Right. So um, I would love to discuss being a good steward, discuss this stewardship from both the biblical context and also even in the context of the time and age that we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. you know, we're reminded like in the Bible of the king who handed out different talents to three different servants. You know, the first two were able to, for lack of better word, invest or save, you know, to yield more resources. And the last person just, you know, kept it dormant. And then we find that what happened in that regard was that um, the return on investment in that time was the same or with inflation, you know, using like today's English, um, mm-hmm. had decreased. And what happened there was that the person who had little at that time was given less after the period of stewardship. So we find that stewardship is actually a process of using what you have to get to mm. where you want to go to. Mm. So, and even using today's palance and using more uh, com- contemporary uh, language for those of us who would want to understand what I'm talking about. Uh, if you are looking for credit in today's financial um, world, you need to have a credit history. You need to have a credit score to yeah. show a track record that you're a good steward with mm. resources. So if you want to apply for a loan or even a credit card, or if you want to apply for a mortgage or a car loan or whatsoever, you know, for any big purchase, the bank or whoever is lending to you will want to see your credit score. They want to see how you have done, you know, paying your phone bills time and again, paying uh, different other bills that have come to you, you know, and mm-hmm. there's different other metrics that count into being like a good steward. So you want to ensure that you're a good steward with your resources so that you can be trusted with other people's resources down the line. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I definitely agree. And I one book that has really helped me um, learn about stewardship and what it means to be a good steward is blessed life and beyond blessed by pastor robert morris um for those of you who don't know pastor robert morris um i would highly recommend uh checking him out on um just like some of the sermons and his books uh surrounding finances it definitely changed my perspective um and how to be a good steward And, and then kind of like touching on on what you said about you know the story in the bible with the talents like if 
God sees that, you know, you can be trusted with what he's placed in your hand, you know, the more reason that he can, that he will give you more to steward. And um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely, definitely important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's so good. That's so good. I'm taking you like, I've never heard stewardship defined this way. Like stewardship is a process of using what you have to get to where you want to go to. And I'm like, wow, that's actually so true. Cause like, it's all about the now, right? A lot of us are just thinking like, oh my God, future, 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 you know, in future, I want to have this so that I can do that, blah, blah, blah. But like, what are you doing with the money you have now? Like what are you doing with the talents like Hannah said, or with the resources you have now so that then God can trust you with more. That is true. That's so good. That's such a good definition. I've never thought of it like that. (laughs) That's very good. But um, Hannah and I put up like a question box on Instagram for people to ask us questions that they would like answered about finances. And we got some about budgeting that I would like you to shed some light on. So the first question, I think you've you've kind of answered it, but like, should we budget? Should we not budget? Here, honestly, on Twitter, I see some people saying like, oh, budgeting is not where it's at. Some people say like, yeah, you must budget. (laughs) You must budget, but some people are like, no, no need to budget. So what do you think? Yeah. Okay. So I would take it from an approach of us. I'll take it from a scholarly approach, you know, with data and information available to us. We, in fact, cutting edge information that we have right now, we've found that on average, someone with a budget and someone with a willingness to work like with that budget is more successful. You are able to achieve success with a budget. So don't, if you recall, I mentioned a budget is just a way to quantitatively align and track your goals. So depending on whatever goal that you have, you know, you're able to budget and work in like in alignment with your goals. And the budget is not necessarily like in regards to uh, financial decisions only, you know, you could use that for your health and wellness and for any area like of your life, you know, one thing I would say like about a budget though is that you want to ensure that it's sustainable. So you want to ensure mm-hmm. that, you know, regardless of any situation that you find yourself in, because, you know, life has ups and downs. Finances has ups and downs, you know, like there's mm-hmm. periods of recession, there's periods of economic growth that blows our minds. Uh, so you want to make sure that regardless of any season that you find yourself in, you're able to sustain uh, that budget that you have. And, um, you know, with so much information on the apps, there is so many uh, budget apps and so many things that could really help you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what I would just advise the person, uh, should you budget? I'll say yes, yes, yes. The most important reason why you should budget is because it's a good habit to call, uh, to have. And it's a habit that will help you in different areas of your life, not just your financial life. Mm-hmm. So then, sorry, my question would be like, what are some like applications and, and resources uh, that you would like recommend for people to use for, for budgeting? Right. Okay. Um, I personally, I'm a more traditional guy. I really love my doing it myself. So it's so a DIY mm-hmm. approach. Uh, but I find that increasingly with your banks, uh, there are um, budget apps that are inbuilt with your bank apps. So, you know, with the fintech that has gone very crazy these days, like you have, you can put in like your monthly budget. Um, But one thing I would say with your budget uh, is that you want to break it down into three different categories or minimum of three different categories. You want to look at your fixed expenses. You want to look at your 
variable expenses and your occasional expenses. I know there's an app on the App Store or um, the Google Store as well to call Mint, M-I-N-T. This is not sponsored, but if you're out there, please sponsor me. Yeah, so they do a very good job on that. I also have an Excel sheet that I use on a monthly basis that if you'd like, I could share that with you, just get in contact with the host and they could get that to you. Um, that that would really, really help you. But you just want to get started as quickly as possible. It's not too late to start. Uh, it's it's very, 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 very handy and very, very, like a very useful tool. I actually have heard of Mint before. Um, I think I probably was looking at the app at one point, but um, yeah, I definitely think that budgeting is very useful. Personally, for me, I also have like four to six savings accounts in my like personal bank that I that I use for different things. Like I set aside money for certain bills into one account and my other savings account is my, you know, emergency fund. And like, so I have like different savings accounts that help me to kind of separate my, you know, monthly income so that I can budget up like accordingly. I actually got that idea from Pastor Robert Morris and he talks about having like five, he has five uh, different savings accounts and that's not including, you know, like investments and like RSP and things like that, but um, just like different um, savings accounts where you can like better see where your, your money is. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm definitely more visual. So I think having like different savings accounts allows me to see where my monthly like income is actually going towards. And I think for me, I just able to like see it better. But I think that having like an Excel spreadsheet also might be very useful too. Oh yeah. So I, I tend to go crazy with the spreadsheet. You know, I, I put the numbers in and made it, um, bring out like my graphs or my pie charts, you know, just oh see <laughs> the breakdown. And I did that at the end of last year. So I, I did that at the end of last year and I saw how much I spent on Uber and oh, I lost shit. my mind. I lost my mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my, my new year's resolution was to delete the Uber app, which I've, which I've done. So oh. we'll see how that goes actually. Yeah. So Wait, for, like- Yes. You're not. You're gonna be using the bus. No. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. So I. I have lived on my phone. Oh, if. Okay. If I want to. Um. You know. Transport myself from one place to another. But mm-hmm. for Uber Eats, which I find, oh, or which Eats. I found that was one of the, you know, the mm-hmm. holes like in my budget. Uh. Mm-hmm. That was what I needed to cut off. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So which is why you know I did mention for your budget so you want to have it into into three different categories or like three different mm-hmm. or minimum three different categories you know your yeah. fixed costs you you have your rent on a monthly basis you have your phone bills on a monthly basis you, mm-hmm. like you also have your debt payments on a monthly basis your variable costs you know pe- uh, my friends to drive you know like you pay gas you also mm-hmm. get your groceries you know that tends to shift you know based on different factors like inflation right. and you also have your occasional costs you know once again for my friends that drive you know if you want to change like a tire, so like winter tires, those are costs mm-hmm. that, that you don't necessarily have to uh, incur like on a monthly basis, but you can do maybe like twice, like a year. So if you want to travel as well, so that counts as an occasional cost. So that helps you, you know, you know, visualize and put that into perspective and quantify because that's mm-hmm. the word, you know, to quantify uh, uh, how much you have and what it takes to get to where you want to go. So it's a quantifiable you know, method on achieving your goals. This hmm. one budget tennis. Hmm. Not so good. I have a question that just popped into my head right now. Okay. So, um, 
I think sometimes people, I've heard this and often myself experienced this, but when you're budgeting and you with like a goal in mind, like, oh, I want to put a down payment on a house, for example, let's say. Right. And so you're, you're budgeting and you realize that you're a lot farther behind than you, than you thought you were and you're <laughs> right. discouraged. Like, how would you, uh, like, what would you recommend to kind of like combat that like discouragement? Wow, I'm way far behind right. than I thought I yeah. was. Right. Yeah. So I find that with that, you should not focus on that big goal in in this case, which is that down payment to get a house. Uh, focus uh, rather on the monthly improvements that you're making. Mm-hmm. I find uh, with budgeting, it helps with when your perception uh, comes from you know a more come from, comes from the source of optimism. Yes, like rather mm-hmm. than pessimism, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're making progress, you know. Although the progress might be slow, uh, but the fact that the progress is being made and uh, and the fact that the progress is being steady is mm. worthy of you know like you patting like yourself on the back and saying yes you know this is something that I want and you should be proud yes like of that to see, to look back and see how far you've come. If in regards to like a big purchase like a house for instance, there are different other financial tools that you can take advantage of. Uh, for you know for goals that are you know huge or like i'll take like a big sort of like resource from you you can speak with your financial advisor or speak with your personal banker to see what could be done but uh, i find that um just changing your mindset really helps like it really really helps and goes like a long way and uh if that doesn't really help and other options may may be to increase your income you know that may be speaking with your manager to get a raise or mm. taking on like a new job or getting like a side hustle as as the buzzword is these days or you not know, getting like a second job you know something that will bring in more uh, income mm. i find yeah that that would help a third way uh, a third method is also to cut costs even more in different things that you do uh, i find that uh, you know from this is just my personal uh, research I found that that is not necessarily as effective because it's not as sustainable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so if you choose to cut costs, you know, in your transport or if you choose to cut costs in rent, so you want to ensure that you live in, like, in a place, for instance, that you're comfortable with, you know, like, you don't want to, like, just, like, develop sicknesses or different health problems because you're cutting costs, like, in your living conditions. So you want to find a a right balance. Mm -hmm. I find. No, no, that's fair. I... (laughs) I I'm always looking at you know my budget for for the month and and I've been cutting out some things like bubble tea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really need help on that. I really need help on that. Oh that, my I, god! Never sacrifice bubble tea for anything. I'm sorry. Uh, if you did sacrifice, then you will not be sustainable. So true. Yeah. So <laughs> cutting so it true. down at least because I last was it couple months ago man i was getting bubble tea like two to three times a week it was so bad oh man and bubble tea is expensive <laughs> yes. i know the worst thing it adds up quickly yeah it adds up quickly and with uber eats with all the fees <laughs> you could literally just go there and get it for like maybe nine ten bucks with uber yeah. eats, you're paying 21 or that's something true along that is lines, so true like, i could have ordered a whole meal <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is so true. That is so true. uber eats is the worst because actually just uber in general because like <laughs> I, I was telling Ori the other day that um i was ta- when i was taking uber to the toronto airport from where we dropped off our car to be to be shipped yep. um they charged us well 
I've noticed recently that they've been charging uh, extra like three, four dollars to be dropped off at the airport. It's like an airport fee. Oh, and wow. then I know. And then they charge us like some Etobicoke um, city cleaning fee or something. For and what? there was like four different fees that I was like, what is going on? I just wanted a simple ride. <laughs> like, yep. what is going on with all these fees? So Uber gets you, man. Yeah, you Uber, here, Uber, if you're listening, please sponsor us. <laughs> but if you're not listening, yes, do better. <laughs> do <Please>. better. <laughs> well, um, it kind of ties into um, the next question. Um, I kind of feel like you answered it a bit, though. But we had kind of a comical question on our Instagram about, you know, why do I always have expenses that don't fit into my budget? And <laughs> I mean, that's a real place. That is real. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is so real and that is so true. Uh, once again, if you're a student, you find yourself, you know, shooting beyond your income or your expenses exceed your income. I don't think it's the end of the world for you because, you know, you're in a stage in life where, you know, you're investing in yourself and that's for the short term. You find that the returns on your investment will pay off in the long term. But uh, if you're in a situation where, you know, you're a professional or, you know, you have a responsibility or you have kids, uh, that may be a cause of concern and you need to speak with a financial advisor or a coach or someone that knows better than you, like in that regard. Um, but one step I would say, if you find, you find constantly that your expenses exceed your income or, or exceed like what you budgeted for, uh, you need to take a step back look at your um expenses you can i know these days that banks can uh, let you export your information to a spreadsheet so you can take a look like at it you know when you look at you spending 15 dollars on uber eats um three times like a week and you see that that rocks up to like 60 dollars a week and you go to like 60 dollars a week multiply by four that's 240 250 dollars and then you add a tip like as well so you see that that exceeds like how much you're doing you know you you get a chance to speak to yourself and say okay yes i can be better or i can mm. just like reduce this and you find yourself you know looking for better ways to be more effective with your uh, finances you know, mm -hmm. trying to catch different deals at grocery stores. I know, for instance, Tuesdays, if you go to a Loblaws or independent, if you're a student, you can get 10% off, you know, stuff like that. You could just do that to be more efficient or to be more economical, mm -hmm. if you will. But if you constantly find yourself in that hole, please take a step back and review your options, review your strategy. Mm -hmm. It's time for you to change that. Yeah, I think that definitely like reevaluating your budget, like as needed, is is important because sometimes I'll have a budget and then I need to re reevaluate like the next month and be like, okay, something needs to needs to change. So I think that is definitely important. Right, that is true. So good. I'm learning a lot. I feel like this is just yeah, this is great. But <laughs> even with like budgeting, for me, I'm like, okay, you know, you budget, you put in your savings. You know, I think when people budget, they have like what they budget to put in their savings, if that makes any sense. Does yeah. Make sense? Okay. Yes, so, it does. Yeah. Yes, it so does. when you budget, and you budget to put in your savings. However, how do you have the discipline not to take money out of that savings? Savings, yeah. <laughs> so that happens yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, you know, I did mention I've uh, worked as an advisor and mm -hmm. uh, I, I did meet people that had that similar situation. Mm -hmm. And um, firstly, it's, you know, I did mention this is a mindset um, um, there's more of a mindset 
issue than an actual issue. The reason I mean by that is that um, if you have the mindset to save, if there is a specific goal, you find yourself, you know, denying yourself like in the short term to achieve mm. that goal. Something else that also helps is you you change your mindset to pain yourself first. So mm. uh, this is something that I've been practicing uh, for just over six months now. Mm-hmm. So on my monthly income, I pay myself 20% of how much I earn. And that 20% goes into a savings account that is not linked with my everyday bank account. Mm. So that goes into a specific account that if for whatever reason I want to withdraw or have or have access to that uh, money, it takes about two or three business days before that money comes to me. So by that time, my mind, I've snapped back into like the reality of what, <laughs> like, yes, like it is, I've reminded myself of what is like important. Mm. And then I find myself, you know, not necessarily falling through with the withdrawal process. So if you find yourself like in our process, not struggling with the discipline, change your mindset to pain yourself, you know, look at it as you're paying yourself. And uh, when you pay yourself, you know, you want to put that in another account, you know, that's separate from your day-to-day account. So you want to make sure that it is not as accessible as your everyday account is. That really helps as well. I think that is so important because you definitely need to have like a mindset to to save. And also just like, like remember like what your goal is. Like, you know, you have a goal in mind and I love what you also said about like denying yourself. I think that that principle is lost on a lot of people our age um, and right. younger. Like, you know, uh, what's that saying? Like delayed gratification. Instant gratification. Yeah, instant gratification. But you have to like delay, delay it yeah. because, yeah. you know, um, down the road, you'll be thinking yourself. And I think also too, like you can put your money in like um, a savings account like RSP um so that yeah. there's penalties you can't take that you money can't. out right yeah yeah and you sound like a specialist right now yeah that's <laughs> <very> good <laughs> yeah that's that's that's, that's actually very good as well too you know because i i look at it also as if um hypothetically speaking you find yourself with 10 million dollars right now mm-hmm. i guarantee that you wouldn't know what to do with it or you find out that you're just gonna waste 10 million dollars right now if you get that right now so you need to build that habit and change the mindset mm. so that when you get access to more and more like amounts of money, you're able to have an idea of what to do and to mm. that, that will bring you success and, and that will not hamper on your standard of living. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see how many people win the lottery and they just blow all right. the money away yeah. because they had no prior knowledge of how to even manage their money or what to even do with it. No savings, no investments. They just you know, spend it on all the things that they, you know, had wished yeah. for. And mm-hmm. that happens so often. And it's so sad because, you know, that money, if they actually had the proper tools and knowledge, it could have, you know, actually been very helpful to them instead of, yeah. you know, end up bankrupt or whatever. Yeah. yeah. This is great for whoever wins the lottery and listens to this episode. <laughs> yeah, give <laughs> we us hope you enjoy sure. it. Give us feedback. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you don't blow your money. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you were able to learn something from what we talked about today. Stay tuned for part two of this conversation, which will be coming out in two weeks. We'll be talking a little bit more about investments and NFTs with Deji. We also wanted to let you know about something that we have recently started 
We would love to connect with you all more and build a community where people can find friendships, authentic conversations, and just have fun. If you head to our Instagram at two gals in a pod, and the two is spelt out, you can click the link in our bio and hit the join our community button. We will be sending out monthly encouragements, summary of episodes, and exclusive content. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to this episode. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us, rate our podcast, and check us out on Instagram at two gals in a pod. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.